Hi, folks, and welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, featuring distinctly qualified global change makers that are dedicated to creating a healthier planet, one where diversity is lived, expressed, and celebrated. My name is Julian Guderlai. I'm committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. Today's episode is part of the Design Science Studio series, a collaboration with the Bachman Sofolo Institute, and my guest is Amber Peoples. Welcome, Amber. Hello, so glad to be here, Julian. Yeah, I'm going to share a little bit more about you, Amber, because you know you deserve a bio. Um, your inner five-year-old is dancing. Oh no, <laughs> can't adapt it because you wrote it this way. I'm going to have to cut this out. Um, Amber Peoples' inner five-year-old dancing farm girl teams up with her adult social entrepreneur to amplify curiosity and engage the senses while prioritizing environment, art, and equity. After a handful of degrees and careers, 2019 saw her teaming up with the tourism industry to create a 10-day, 135-mile celebration of food, art, and place called Life Culture Coast. In 2020, Amber dove into Copy Accelerator Mastermind and is a participant of the Design Science Decade. So to be on her journey to manifest movies that make movements. Now, here we are together in 2021 and Climate of Awe, Arts with Ecology is ready to roll in like a wave. With these words, welcome Amber and, and share about this wave that is rolling in through your life. The wave, yes. Thank you. It is... Um... You know, a project that's actually been on the back burner since 2018. Uh, in, starting in 2017, I, I asked myself really deeply, what does it look like when arts and ecology come together? And at first, I, I, I was astounded. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, it's a, it's a great idea, but can I, can I turn that into something I can do? And so I spent a lot of time researching. I had a lot of fascinating conversations and then in 2018, I came across many things, but one of them included an amazing um, teaching opportunity called Movie Maker Academy. And through that, I learned this process to take a documentary and share it with the world open and freely, and then also provide an opportunity for people to give back. And the whole mechanics around that and the distribution process around that and I, I put that in my back pocket because it wasn't something that was my first set of skill sets. You know, I have a lot of different ones from the handful of careers and degrees I've had, um, but the one that was most um, to the forefront at that time was the fact that I'm a, a live event producer. And so I moved into things like doing something called Science on Tap and farmers markets and creating and founding Live Culture Coast, which was this truly amazing experience uh, on the Southern Oregon coast with the Tourism Commission. And then as the pandemic hit, pretty much from day one, uh, in fact, I was working at a theater project when, when um, the state of Oregon, which is where I live, began to close down large events. And I was working on you know, this huge event at a 3000 seat theater. And so of course we were immediately closed. And from day one, I was like, this is the time. If ever there was a time, this is the time to dive into everything I need to know to bring forth this vision of climate of awe, arts with ecology. And so that's the wave is that is why I joined the Copy Accelerator Mastermind is to dive deeply into this form of sharing a message and distributing it to as many people as possible. 
Uh, and then also why I, I joined the Design Science Studio uh, as the first part of the, you know, the cohort, us, you and I together in this first cohort and so excited to really dive into the mindset that I want to capture within the, the film itself. And so it's been a beautiful um, combination of learning those things side by side during this time. This is super exciting, Amber. I love, you know, to have this interview with you kind of halfway into the process of making a film with so much intention and mm -hmm. so much understanding for the complexity of, of, well, of literally any artistic process, really, but specifically, you know, um, your movie project. Can you unpack this a little bit more and just like give us some of the steps that you've already gone through and where you're at mm -hmm. with it right now and how that is, how it's really worth the journey rather than just getting to like a final product? That's a great question. Uh, and, and I will say that it was definitely a light bulb moment for me when I was working on some of the beginning steps, which was how, even though I see this movie launching to the world in about five years, that every step before that is something that is basically a proof of concept of a proof of concept of a proof of concept uh, ad nauseum, uh, kind of like we learned about prototyping being so, such an important thing for any kind of design. And in this instance, for the film, the design of the film, it is about prototyping these proof of concepts. So where I'm starting right now and, and what I'm launching, you know, here in March of 2021 is a, just a couple tiny little things. Uh, one uh, is called a quiz funnel. And basically with that, the goal is to reach out to people. You have kind of a, what, what is referred to as a hook to get people interested in it. And uh, I'm actually in the process of playing with what's the best way to do that. I have four that I think are all really good, but they're also going to um, attract different people. And so I'm curious, do I need to hone in on one that will get the type of person that will really be curious about this film and, and find the film as a way to help them translate this world of blending arts and ecology? Uh, because that was also something else that I realized is that those that already see this blend as self-evident, they are on their way. They're doing amazing things. You and I now know 144 of them through the Design Science Studio and all the great glory that there are. But there's a whole nother circle around us of people going, that's kind of interesting, but I don't really know what it means. And I'm confused and, and it's, it doesn't necessarily feel safe to enter because I wouldn't know what to say or what to think or how to do it. And so the goal is, is how do I use this little thing, this quiz funnel to get those people to capture that curiosity? Because for me, that is a right, huge Because they're part. already close in, the pro in proximity. Yes. This, this goes for any topic, really. There's always the ones at the core circle that are like speaking the language, getting the mm -hmm. thing, they're vibing, they're, they're dancing together. But then there's many people around that are close on watchers or interested and they, they kind of need like a bridge, an invitation or a form of translation that, that allows for that connection again. Exactly. That translation. I love that you said that word. I think that's, that's a, an important aspect to it. And so this quiz funnel is basically... Uh, a mini experience, a mini live event, a mini, um, you know, uh, design process to take people through like a 60 second journey. And at the end, give them this little brief moment of self discovery 
that hopefully leads them to the next step uh, that I will, I will help serve them with through things like email and through um, stories and eventually hopefully take them to this point where uh, of all these different proof of concepts, people will join me on that journey. And by the time the film launches, that this little circle that we have um, has become a much broader circle because more voices, more people are experimenting, more people are excited, and we're building that that energy and that momentum and that curiosity. Yeah, I think curiosity is is a you know one of those topics I've been having my my finger on or like my you know my my curiosity was exploring this idea of curiosity for the last years through this podcast as well because when we when we talk to each other's curiosity we're actually allowing each other to become learners in real time mm. and you know when when more people do this i believe this world that is you know accessible for all of life and can be lived in, in equity and equality actually only becomes possible when we're at this level of curiosity. We often say childlike to that in, in English, mm, you know, it's like, okay. oh, it's like childlike. Mm -hmm. Well, really we're talking about a mature and developed sense of curiosity that allows us to be real and honest and direct in real time with ourselves to understand this is who I am and this is what I'm excited about or what I would love to explore more about. And you know, movies coming back to your project, movies fulfill that in us in a certain way, because it's a very safe way to connect with something you might not fully be a yes to yet, but you want to watch another romance because you want to like feel that feeling or you want to watch a documentary because you're curious to learn about a certain aspect or practice. Yes, I love that. And in fact, one of the greatest experiences I had working uh, in 2019 on Live Culture Coast was I was working with an area that's been struggling for at least 40 years economically. They've been in a recession. Uh, it's, it's a very secluded area of Oregon. And, and so a lot of concepts that I was sharing were brand new to people. Like for example, the word experience. As an event producer, that is something that's almost overused at this point. Like even Airbnb has experiences. But for the people I was working with, this was a brand new concept. So I really had to figure out how do I boil this down to its essence so that I can just keep saying it and keep creating a consistent thing because I was, you know, going over 135 miles of, of space and time and land and people and towns. Um, and what I came up with was two things. And one was spark curiosity and engage the five senses. And that resonated with people. It was a, a key translation for them as to how to both, you know, how to create an experience for other people. In fact, when you were talking about and defining curiosity just now yourself, I love that you talked about it as a mature and developed sense, just like our five senses. It's another sense. And I love that you made that connection. Well, yeah, I mean, to, to riff on that a little bit, because it is it is a really it is a really good kind of um, curiosity to explore is, is this understanding of curiosity itself as a yeah. role in our evolutionary path. And so to riff on this a little bit, I think curiosity is in itself a translator of our soul's blueprint or inner source understanding and wisdom to the outer world. So, you know, if we're desiring a world that works for everyone, we're not actually looking 
to for a template or a, a system that works for everyone because guess what it's going to be a pretty hard pursuit um good luck if, if that's what what you're wanting to find but I, I i think much more so we're looking for everyone to come metaphorically speaking online into a co-creative or participatory state because when everyone's participating as who they are who they truly are a whole new level of diversity diversity being expressed and lived and uniqueness and everyone being different suddenly suddenly becomes normal and 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 you know that kind of the the, the paradise and the utopia that planet earth can be and so i think the connection to that is curiosity on your inside not the curiosity to things that you've been shown and projected like in a extremely consumerist or capitalist society that we do live in um mm -hmm. you know nothing wrong with those things as like uh stages of what we're experiencing mm -hmm. but um if it's in, 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 in an extreme people desire what's outside of them rather than coming from what's internally curious mm. and that's kind of like the big shift that's really mm -hmm. happening and if we talk about uh, evolution or awakening or however we want to call this and i believe curiosity coming back to the point here is a translator on our inside for that because when we you know i'm going to go one further if we meet curiosity with the resilience of life experience where those two circles overlap that's where self-love happens mm. oh i love that i'm finding myself wanting to write that down curiosity i'll make a meme of it resilience. after this podcast but hey amber i want to know more about your participation in the yes. design science yes. studio um, so um how so did how you can... hear of the the design science studio yeah go for it well you know as as i was focused after you know starting in March of 2020 on climate of awe uh, you know the whole premise the storyline is really pretty basic uh, it's in the there's the mythical storyline that is used over and over and over which is the odd couple story uh, you know in modern western culture we've taken scientists and artists and put them on very different ends of the spectrum and for me, I want to bring them together. And the film itself is basically, you know, I want to find the perfect location, a location that these eight people um, can be on for 30 days. Uh, and four of them are scientists, four of them are artists, and they're matched up like odd couples uh, and working together on four different projects that are based somehow on that location, um, in an effort to blend arts and ecology. And, and that came you know, out of this, this searching that I had been doing for a couple of years about finding that blend and, and wanting to basically put these eight people together and then follow them around with cameras um, to see how does it actually happen? Not just the perfect product at the end that we see um as as something to hold up and say this is how you do it but really it's not how you do it because it's a finished product how do you show the mess and the the joy and the laughter and the confusion and the conflict and the successes and and all the messy in between because that's where we live and so as i was putting out feelers for how how do i do that how do i show that that is when i you know, Design Science Studio fell across my path. I was actually, the precise way that it fell across was I was watching um, some kind of, uh, when, when festivals were translating to online, uh, it was Memorial Weekend of last year. And I think it was um, 
Burners Without Borders either did a whole festival or they did a section of a festival. And um, that's where they were talking about Design Science Studio. And I was so curious. I was like, huh, what would that look like? And does that fit what I'm doing? Because I'm not really building something architectural per se. Uh, and that's what it sounded like at the time for me. Uh, but I, I kept, you know, I, I reached out to some of the people involved and, and just kind of kept it on the radar and then saw the application came out and I was like, huh, well, I guess I don't have to decide if this fits. I'll just put it in and let them decide. Uh, and they decided that it did, which was such a fortunate thing for me uh, because then I, I, you know, entered this world with this amazing cohort of thinkers and creators and, and innovators. Um, and and was just immersed in this mindset of, of a place that is so unique because this, this combination, this how of the blending of arts and science within this community is viewed as self-evident, which is such a unique place because I don't think I have been anywhere else where that's true. Uh, it's always a question a as to powerful how. observation. Yeah, yeah, very powerful observation that you know, they're saying that we are like the five people we spent most time with, um, you know, might, might, there might be pieces of it that, that are true and pieces that are not, but we definitely live in osmosis and reaction and or, or in a, a mirror with all the other people around us. And so having a cohort of people where this is a lived truth, that arts and science are meant to meet, and actually they do meet on an individual expressive way, like they did for people from Da Vinci to Socrates, um, they haven't quite met yet on our external world's lens of how we interpret science because of how science is reductionist and dogmatic to its kind of connection to the human ego. And, and so being around this energy over and over again, where this is just already integrated and normalized, suddenly everything becomes possible. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. And this, this, this um, normalization as, as you described it and this sense of self-evident is is the word that I keep coming back to um, has been has been really incredible especially because one of the amazing gifts of this first cohort have been all of these um, guests that they have invited in to to chat with us to share uh, ideas that you know some of them, um, go back to actually having had experiences directly with Buckminster Fuller himself, and they share um, this really interesting, almost esoteric view of, of uh, how Bucky came up with what he did and things like synergistics and world building um, to, to more and more people that are living it day in and day out, whether that is in a museum or an institute or in an animation studio um, or all these other incredible places. And to hear, hear how with their unique vision and their unique view of the world, um, because you know, some of them, even though they see it as self-evident, you know, they have a tendency towards one aspect or another. For example, one, you know, he works with technology companies. And so his brain has, you know, that gear towards, towards the scientific. And so he gave us incredible insight into prototyping, which is part of what helped me come up with the, you know, that, that ongoing proof of concept uh, way that I'm now thinking about climate of awe. Uh, and so even though he was talking about, you know, I think he was talking about like VR or AR glasses, 
it totally helped me rethink my project in a, in a holistic systems way of thinking. Uh, and then people that maybe were uh, more, where there's an easier connection to make with, with a documentary process, um, such as somebody who was talking about visioning and futurism. We had some amazing guests talk about those topics. Um, because with the film, you are creating a vision for people to see. Uh, and you're almost, in, in the way that I'm doing my film, it's almost a little bit of a, can you see your future self in these eight people somewhere? Uh, and so I, there seems an easy connection there, but the way that they presented it gave me a whole nother way of insight and layers to the film that that just would have been missing without this amazing opportunity to to be and interact with with this cohort and these guests. I love that you're in different cohorts at the same time that mm. allow you to, you know, ultimately incubate and live more of you and your purpose of being you in the world. And at the same time, you know, the, the synchronicities are pretty stacked here because you're in a cross-disciplinary incubator like the Design Science Studio. And that is really what the Design Science Studio is. It is a, a kind of a, a nexus point of, of cross-disciplinary um, artists and creators. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, this is what we, we want for ourselves in our own world. It's not about finding the best tribe or the best community. It's about finding the ones that fit to you right so for you listening that is thinking about applying to the one of the next design science cohorts if you're listening to this like you know uh, in 2021 or in 2026 it it really doesn't matter right we're literally talking to the future from our perspective here but as you're listening like this is the big question what are all the different groups that allow you to expand more of you into the world because as you walk to realize who you are the world receives your gift Yes. Yeah, I love that. And it actually makes me think of, of uh, a term that was shared by, by guests that um, talked about traditional ecological knowledge. Um, and even though a lot of the focus of that was, it's not just traditional, it's also modern, like there's active things happening with these, with these systems of thought and ways of being. But at the core, there is a phrase that has been around for millennial that influences it, which is all my relations. You know, that, that connection, that sense of relationship with all that is, even what maybe seems contradictory. Um, and, and I think that's really exemplar in the fact that not only am I in design studying studio, this amazing cohort, I'm in something that they wouldn't even refer to themselves as a cohort. They give themselves a very fancy title called a mastermind. Um, and the fact that community is a part of that is something that's just dawning on them. They're just starting to realize that that's a valuable part of, of, of people coming together for this topic, which I find fascinating because with DSS, that's something we started with. But for this group, they had to come to that. And that is you know, a, a mastermind that's all about a very particular type of writing and marketing to get a message out. Uh, and um, what's interesting is I actually find that a lot of people don't know this word. Uh, and so I find myself explaining it a lot. So I'll do it really briefly here, which is copywriting. And I'm not talking about protecting uh, intellectual property like a lot of people assume, but it's actually a type of writing that ignites something in someone to get them to act is at the core what it is. 
And there's Usually many only ways people who are connected to digital marketing or, or marketing in general know really well about copywriting. But I love that you're making that distinction. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this mastermind focuses specifically on digital marketing and and using language to to generate fast and furious income. Uh, and that that's a focus of a lot of people in there. And I'm, I'm quite the outlier in the fact that I'm strategizing constantly. How do I use those techniques and translate them to getting this message out about the power of arts and ecology? I just made a note, like tr- copywriting for movie making. Yes. It's very interesting how you're, you're putting the this together. And so I'm, I'm going to really, um, I want to acknowledge it. So I'm going to just point at it one more time. Like, being a cross-disciplinary thinker becomes real when you're embodying it in the way you live. And so Amber is just giving us an example of that, right? Like you're, you're, you're using a skill set that most people understand as a marketing tool to apply the same skill set, but ultimately to take its core intention, which is just to engage and motivate someone to take action um, for what serves your project and your art and your visionary eye as a movie maker. And so you're literally applying something across disciplines to serve another discipline. Um, Fascinating because it's really how, well, for one, I think we're personally excited to create when these things happen, right? Then we're at our own kind of cutting edge experience of consciousness. But at the same time, it's fascinating because the reason why many people cannot imagine a world that works for everyone yet is because we're, we're used to perceiving the world in silos. But only when we start mixing and translating and bridging from the different silos and the different cultural patterns, we start kind of emerging to see this 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 new possibility, which I can't wait for this movie. Um, you know, maybe tell us a little bit more about this timeline also, because mm-hmm. we know people are going to listen to this, you know, um, possibly in the future, mm-hmm. just as much as now, because really the Design Science Studio is is a movement for a whole decade. And so I, I want to know about the, the timeline of, of, your, of your movie and where into the decade it, it fits. Yeah, well, I think it's really uh, appropriate that I came in on this first cohort, which focuses on, if I remember right, it is, it's commitment and reconciliation is, is the kind of the theme of DSS during uh, this first cohort and the second cohort. And I think that sense of commitment is really true to this sense of timeline. Uh, is there was a deep dive of commitment into these transdisciplinary um, processes and which is making me just ready, just as we're about to celebrate the end of the first cohort to put out not even a complete quiz funnel, but a prototype. And I'm actually gonna, I've asked to do a live session where my hope is to engage people to say, this is the first draft, give me your input. Tell me what hooks you, tell me what distracts you, what confuses you, what gets you curious in the best way possible. Um, and so just unrolling that to begin with is, is step number one. And I'm even gonna put it on a website, which will be climateofawe.com that will have zero branding. It'll literally have the hook and a push button to take the quiz. And it'll, I, I don't have my colors figured out, my fonts, none of that yet, um, but it'll happen. You know, that will be the next step in the next year. Um, and, and getting that foundation of, of building community from the beginning, I think is step one in my timeline uh, and, and this first year. And the ultimate next big iteration uh, within that community is finding one artist 
and one scientist working together and to do a short documentary, like a 10 minute one, uh, and, and, and test out all of these theories that I have in my head about how this could work and, and what it would take to film it and what it would be like for the artists and the scientists to work together with cameras watching them and, and putting it all together and then test that as a proof of concept, get that out to people, try taking it to film festivals, see how people respond to it. Do, um, do other artists and scientists go, oh, I wanna do that. Do big locations that I would need to be able to do this go, this would be the perfect place for us to see this manifest. Do I get uh, crowdfunding opportunities to be able to afford this? Because quite frankly, the cost of doing this larger documentary is close to a million dollars. It is not a small feat at all. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at like big blockbuster movies, a million is, is small. Um, but compared to an independent documentary, it's quite a bit. Um, and so uh, there, there will be the sense too that, that hopefully that small documentary can be this massive move towards proving uh, the concept that will allow for the fruition of the larger one. Uh, and also during that time of, of collecting resources is putting it out to the world of, of applications and opportunities to be involved. Um, because I, I know for a fact that wherever we locate the film, this will bring a lot of attention to that location. So I want to choose that location carefully. For example, even though it may be perfect to do it on some kind of land trust for those eight people, it may not be good for me to market that land trust because a bunch of people might flood to it and, and kind of cause problems within what the goal of that land trust is ecologically. Mm -hmm. And so finding that perfect location that can house and support those eight people as well as benefit from the attention that the film will bring is a really interesting balance. And so um, that's why I think five years is the right timeline to, to go at the pace of nature in regards to how, how it all has to unfold. Beautiful. I love um, getting a bit more detail there about your project and how that's currently, you know, um, looking and, and being digested and, and then being you know, generated out again. Amber, this has been very insightful already. And um, I have a question for you here that goes along this timeline conversation and the speed of nature even further. And you were talking about a, a multi-generational perspective a little earlier. And so if you were to zoom out for seven generations and mm -hmm. seeing yourself as a, 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 you know, an ancestor of the future, what is your dream or your spirits or souls or, or your hearts, um, you know, kind of prayer for, for these future generations or for, for us now in the sense that what kind of ancestors can we be for that future generation to be a, a, you know, on a thriving planet? What a great question. And I, I find myself jumping to the year 2175 and the first thing that comes to mind is my greatest prayer, my greatest hope is that people are still walking on the planet barefoot. There are still places to do that. That connection is still valuable. That connection is refound for some people. 
Um, and from that place of grounding with bare feet on the earth, what, what is being created? What innovations, what human designs, what relationships with the natural world, what art, what food is, is being regenerated. I think that's one of the biggest gifts actually that Design Science Studio gave me is a definition of life, which is regeneration the ability to regenerate when so many of our current human systems are about generating, which is exhausting because of the constant fuel source it has to have. But if we can find a way to regenerate and put that into our human systems, that to me would be the most amazing prayer to see and come true. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's so fundamental that we as humanity harmonize with the regenerative principle of life. It's a beautiful vision. And thank you for just going there and going there, you know, with your eyes closed. I was uh, reacting happily, dancing with my hands here when, um, when you said people barefoot on the planet. This, this very much resonates with my heart. And it is, it is a beautiful way of how we connect as humans to the planet is, is this, you know, um, direct embodied way. Um, rather than than losing ourselves in our minds only so amber i'm so glad for this conversation we're having i want to um you know throw it throw it back to you and and just hear anything else you want to share about your project or a call to action to people as they're watching this um or any other insights on the design sense studio just um feel free yeah great question well i would say uh uh, of course, when, when the up, up, website is up and running, whether it is just a quiz funnel button or something that is showing you the progress of the next five years, please hop on that, uh, which is um, uh, climateofawe.com. And that is A-W-E, which stands for arts with ecology, but also that sense of awe that I think is part of regeneration. Um, and perhaps that is actually the call to action is this sense of, we talked a lot about curiosity. And I think part of that continuum of curiosity is awe. To be in a place where we find something so curious that we're in awe of it, is this, is this amazing place. And it's not always the place that we're at because, because we're human and we, we go through the, the full range of emotions. But you know, as we have been focusing on Buckminster Fuller for these last few months and, and what he's described as this Leonardo type, it is in this place of um, incessant curiosity, which when you, when you continue to go in that infinite realm um, does give you these amazing moments of awe, which can be as grounded as being barefoot on the grass um, or coming up with a design that completely changes how we interact as humans on this planet. That's a deep one. I'm going to let that sink in too. <laughs> um, talking about humans on this planet, what would be like three favorite places of yours in the world that, Oh my goodness. You know, you can just share with us. Yeah. I've been blessed with seeing so many and, and hope to experience even many more, but um 
from from uh, my youth, which granted I was 20 at the time, so uh, count youth as you may. I'm, I'm 44 now and proud of every year I've lived. Um, but uh, I had an amazing opportunity, a summer in between college years, to work in this area of northern Minnesota called the Boundary Waters, which is this protected wilderness area that um, there's part of it in Canada and part of it in the United States, and that's the term boundary. And it is this incredible area of all these tiny, tiny lakes that you can portage in between and travel and, and canoe through and kayak through. And, just getting to spend three months there and 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 work for an outfitters was so incredible uh highly recommend wow uh another one that uh was a, a kind of uh, um just an important milestone moment and and the nature reflected that for me was a journey that i got to go through for 10 days through the steen mountains s-t-e-e-n-e uh, and those are here in Oregon, uh, and they are in a very small population area in southeastern Oregon. Uh, but what was kind of interesting about that was coming from Minnesota, growing up in Minnesota, I had a very particular way of understanding how glaciers affected the land because they very dynamically affected Minnesota, but in one particular way. And when I realized the Steen Mountains were also carved by glaciers and they are totally a different landscape, um, there was something about traveling through that area with that in mind that was um, exquisite. Uh, and then the final one that I will say uh, is I had the amazing opportunity in 2016 yes, 2016, to work at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is the largest arts festival in the world. And it's focused on theater and stand-up comedy. And I ran a 750 seat theater and we did five to seven shows a day. It was bonkers in all the most amazing ways possible. Uh, and we, it was constant for six weeks. And part of the reason besides career-wise as, as an event producer, why that was so fabulous was I also have quite a substantial amount of my ancestry that comes from Scotland. And so afterwards, I got to travel for three weeks to places where my ancestors walked and stepped and were named from mm -hmm. as a result. And that connection with the land in a whole other way that I hadn't ever experienced before was, was profound. Beautiful. I love that you just took us on a little world tour there through meaningful places in your in your journey. Um, so so many, you know, there's so many insights when we hear how people kind of get to to move across the planet or how they relate with their uh, their home places and um, just beautiful. Amber, I have a closing question for you, and that's again about the Design Science Studio. And so, um, you know, more like a call to action for everyone who's coming into the future cohorts, like. Um, what do you have to say to future cohorts? Oh, great question. Uh, I would say find, find a balance between absorbing all the amazingness that is, whether it's guests, whether it is your fellow cohort members, um, whether it's new ideas, and then put it into action. You know, save yourself time, give yourself a time, space in your world to not only absorb all that, but then reach out 
to people that you are meeting. Take the ideas that are these nuggets and practice them. You're not gonna do them perfect at first, but take a little kernel. Like one kernel that was given to us was um, uh, an animator, Dave Zabowski talked about plussing things. So in, a, in an iterative process, in a creative process, especially if it's a really big thing that you're working on, how do you plus it in little measurable ways? And, and so how do you take that idea, not just absorb it and hear it, but then try it out in your life for the next week. And then if it sticks for longer. Uh, and so that that's would be my two biggest recommendations, take it in, absorb it, and then put it into action. Powerful. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to plus this in my life and, and do, do more of the things I'm absorbing and making space for that. Amber, thank you so much for this interview. I had a great time with you and I'm, I'm you know, can't wait to share this episode. Oh, thank you so much. I I'm delightful to chat with you and I look forward to continuing the journey together. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Here we are again. This is your host, Julian, and I hope you truly enjoyed this episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. Check out my Patreon, best way to support the podcast, myself and the mission. Lots of exciting perks and ways to be engaged to receive more value. That being said, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe, review the show, share it with the people you love, and have yourself a stellar day. Thank you.